welcome to Autonomy Bytes, a program dedicated to keeping you up to date on the latest trends, technologies, and applications of autonomous systems. Each episode highlights interviews with leading experts to provide their insights and opinions in a format that is educational and entertaining. I'm Dr. Andrew Shepard, Executive Director and Chief Scientist of Unmanned Aerial Systems, or UAS, at the Sinclair College National UAS Training and Certification Center, located in Dayton, Ohio. As always, we'd like to thank Sinclair for being the sponsor of the show. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Smith, a military and commercial experimental test pilot and aviation industry expert consultant. You know, Ryan, before we get started and at the risk of dating the episode, uh, we have a few programming notes to share. That's right, Andrew. We sure do. First, I think everyone will want to listen to the July 28th, 2021 episode of a Greater Dayton podcast, which is an interview format hosted by Dan Edwards. I know you, Andrew, were the guest and had a great conversation about your background, interest, and of course, all things drones. Next, this episode is being released in August of 2021. And we're planning to try something a little different for our September program by recording several short interviews with attendees at the Association of Unmanned Vehicle Systems International, or as everyone calls it, AUVSI, Exponential Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. We plan to release them on our normal schedule in September of 2021. Finally, it's almost time for the Unmanned Systems Academic Summit. Hooray, I hear all the cheers. <laughs> this will be the seventh year for the summit, which will occur, occur virtually on October the 14th of 2021 from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And as always, we'll have a great roster of speakers, so please plan to join us. More information is available at uas.sinclair.edu. It's uas.sinclair.edu. Okay, Andrew, now on to the show. Yeah, thanks, Ryan, for those updates. There's a, there's a lot going on. All right, so now it's my uh, pleasure to introduce our guests. Uh, first, we have uh, Chris Hadfield. He's the Executive Director of the Minnesota State Transportation Center of Excellence and a co-principal investigator for the National Science Foundation's National Center for Autonomous Technologies, as well as a co-principal investigator for the Isotope Grant. And we have uh, Carl Borlay. Uh, he's also with us today, and Carl serves as the director uh, of the program uh, Excellence of Minnesota State Transportation Center of Excellence, and is the principal investigator on the Isotope Grant. Uh, so Chris and Carl, thank you both for being with, with us today. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. Hey, Chris, first, I think we'd all like to know what does isotope, and that's spelled I-S-A hyphen T-O-P-E, what does isotope stand for? And can you give us some background on the needs that led to the project's creation? Absolutely. So isotope, first of all, is, a, is actually an acronym, and it's kind of a fun acronym that uh, Carl and I came up with, and, and Carl mostly. Isotope in the elements is something that's different, something that's changed. It's something that's in between. So isotope with an A stands for innovative semi-autonomous trucks and off-highway powered equipment. So really what that means is, is that's semi-trucks, bulldozers, uh, caterpillars, equipment, dozers, things like that. And, and really that's what isotope is. Now in our, in our society and in our industry and in our colleges, not a, a, not a significant amount of attention and energy is being paid to these particular educational career pathways and programs with regards to autonomous technology. Yet on the flip side, in industry and then in with employers, um, a lot is being done, especially because these vehicles fall into the commercial segment. 
So we kind of started out as a transportation center doing a significant amount of listening. Uh, we do three things at the transportation center. We engage employers, enhance education, and inspire students. And in that realm of what we do, we talk to and listen to a lot of the employers. That eventually led to us joining forces with uh, some folks to form the National Center for Autonomous Technologies, which then, of course, formed a lot of more conversations about what really needs to be done. And the isotope project is a uh, subcategory of that larger issue that needs to be dealt with in regards to autonomous technology on the vehicles and landsite system and making sure that our students have the skills and knowledge and abilities that are necessary to enter the field as entry-level technicians, drivers, operators, and more. So we kind of started out with kind of that 30,000 foot viewpoint and just frankly listening to our employers in the state of Minnesota and across the nation, as well as looking at trends and asking them what they need, and then being able to kind of make predictions about what the educational system response is going to be or have to be in the next couple of years in order to catch up to them. You know, uh, that, that's awesome. And, you know, like so many industries, uh, I know there are shortages in technicians and skilled workforce. Uh, and and that's, that's a really a real challenge for so many of us. So, Carl and Chris, how does the project and your work help address those challenges? Well, Andrew, uh, you know, we're, one of the things is we're working to create open educational resources that would be available uh, in the educational system for use. And the main focus we're looking at is, you know, entry-level concepts of autonomous technology, kind of, you know, radar 101, LIDAR 101, that type of, that type of uh, uh, educational piece. Uh, dealing with the fundamentals, kind of the operations, you know, maybe by basic diagnostics, uh, it provides needed educational resources for both college and high school instructors, so it could be used interchangeably. Uh, again, kind of at that entry-level introduction to what, what autonomous technology is. Uh, and it improves the knowledge and quality of the graduates uh, by, by giving them exposure to these technologies uh, and the ability to learn, learn about those technologies in the classroom. Um, it's also designed to build industry involvement. We want to we get industry connected uh, to these events uh, so as, as we share the share the equipment and do what we need what we're, we're doing with the grant that uh, industry would also come alongside and and, and enhance what we're doing uh, through their involvement in the in the events um, so we're uh, what we're doing as part of the grant is to acquire uh, a semi truck and a, a small skid steer with with autonomous technology in an attachment and it's the smallest thing, kind of the, the least expensive thing we could do because it's all very expensive uh, to give exposure to the students in the, in the truck and um, off-highway equipment areas. And uh, we're going to be sharing those items with the colleges. And they're gonna, so they're going to have hands-on uh, pieces of equipment to use in the classroom where they can borrow that equipment for a period of time and then we'd move it to the next classroom, the next college, whatever it may be. Uh, as, as needed. Um, and then also reaching out to high schools uh, through, through outreach activities that would, that would utilize the equipment as well to demonstrate the capabilities and, and show the technology that could be used in the classroom. Uh, and then also professional development for our, for our instructors so that they're well versed and understand the technologies uh, and getting, and again, this is connecting back to industry, getting industry uh, training in uh, uh, in the, in the technologies. 
so that they can also create their own curriculum and create what they need to in the classroom to, to meet individual needs that might be for local employers. You know, Carl, that's a really good uh, thought pattern there. And uh, really, this project is about the dialogue, the dialogue that needs to occur in order for the project to move forward and really for our industry to be able to continue to thrive. The industry moves at one pace, educator education moves at another pace. And so that dialogue between industry and education and education and education is what really needs to exist. So our project seeks to increase that dialogue through a variety of different sources. Um, and, and, and what we want to do in the long run is be able to have that dialogue lead to collaboration. So the project is going to do a lot of collaboration, both in the terms of equipment and curriculum, as well as the conversation. So whether that, that's you know, bringing this equipment across the state of Minnesota and eventually you know, having others kind of join in on that, and whether or not that, that collaboration is that more industry is on a program advisory committees talking about these issues, or whether that's you know more industry doing things like career fairs, program accreditation, uh, mock interviews, all sorts of the industry partnerships that we know are kind of the, the good to have things in an educational program like a career and technical education program like this one. And so really we've, we've learned in our project and we will be and have already engaged with things like associations, program accreditation, industry technician certification bodies, and more as well as dealer associations. And so when we talk to those folks and when we talk to a lot of the employers, we know that this project increases that dialogue. And when we increase that dialogue, we increase the amount of impact. And eventually down the line, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about our future stuff, but it's that dissemination of the stuff that's going to be learned. And it's not always necessarily the technical stuff that we learn. It's more of the model and the how to engage industry, enhance education and inspire students. Yeah, thanks for that, Chris and, and Carl. It sounds like you guys have a great strategy and the right resources to make a huge impact. But you know, as with many of our guests, um, I'm sure partnerships are key. Can you give us a couple of examples of collaborations that have enabled positive outcomes for both you and your stakeholders? Sure. Uh, so, so most recently, just in the last few days, actually, we partnered with the MTTIA, which is the Midwest Teachers of Transportation and Industrial Areas, uh, during their annual training conference. And we worked with, in collaboration with Allstate Peterbilt to help provide industry training that included autonomous technologies. And so we also plan to provide additional training opportunities with other OEMs uh, going forward. Uh, but this training helps ensure that area educators receive industry training on the latest technologies that can be used in the classroom with their students. Uh, we've also been working with industry partners during the process of acquiring the equipment, especially with OEM manufacturers and dealers to help provide additional training and resources above and beyond the basic equipment that could be used for bar our borrowing program to provide additional equipment and technology across the state. Uh, you know, this project is relatively new but once we acquire the equipment, we plan to be establishing or using existing industry partnerships with dealerships uh, local to the schools that are borrowing our equipment. Um, so we may have purchased a piece of equipment from the OEM, but we want to encourage partnerships with other OEMs to also include their training materials and representatives being able to provide training on their, on their technologies as well. 
Um, you know, these partnerships will provide uh, representatives or additional resources to the schools aid in the autonomous technology training. Uh, and then industry partners are also, are also paramount in the creation of this project, as Chris mentioned, you know, in the submission of the proposal because it met industry needs uh, and came from discussions with industry partners that helped us identify what was needed within the, within the sector. Thanks, Carl. And, uh, you know, it's amazing, but we're already reaching the end of the program. <clears throat> so, Chris, I was wondering, is there anything else that you'd like to uh, share with our audience? Maybe uh, what are your plans for the future? Yes, actually, we would. Um, you know, when we think about how this came to be and the, the path that Carl and I walked through or went down in order to kind of get to this point, we really want to let people know that, especially those that are listening to this and are hearing about this project for the very first time, that you can get involved. We can, you can call us. We, can, we have open doors. We have open emails. You can call us and email us and get a hold of us. We would love to have that conversation. But reality is, is that a lot of this can be done right now. It doesn't have to wait for a project to be disseminated. Of course, when we get disseminated, we want to engage with a lot of folks. But it, these th types of things can be done right now with dialogue. There are a lot of resources out there, and there's a lot of people in industry that are very hungry and want to be engaged. They just need that dialogue to get engaged. We also want to let people know that as we're moving through this project, we're going to be involved with and trying to get engaged with a lot of folks, both within the state of Minnesota, within industry, nationwide as well. And then eventually, when, we're, when we kind of get towards the end of our project, we're going to need some help disseminating a lot of this good information. And it's not just the information. It's not just the curriculum. It's really mostly about the models that we create. And uh, we have a lot of National Science Foundation partners across the nation that have helped us get to this particular point, a lot that are going to help us during this project. And we want others to kind of look at that model and say, wow, can I do that in my region? Can I do that in my state? And can I go beyond just isotope, which is semi-trucks and off-highway powered equipment? Could I do this for CDL careers? Could I do this for automotive? What about auto body? What about aviation? What about other non-transportation related disciplines and sectors? And so as we continue to move on, we want people to be encouraged and excited that a lot of this work can hopefully go beyond just our small little discipline and our tiny little state. Yeah, thanks, Chris. And Carl, before we end here, how can people learn more, follow your progress, or potentially even become involved? Sure. So if you're interested, you can, uh, you can contact us or connect with us through our new website, which is isotope.org. So isa-tope.org. Um, you can connect with the Center of Excellence at, through Facebook at the Minnesota State Transportation Center of Excellence. Uh, we're also going to be disseminating information out through the National Center of Autonomous Technologies, or NCAT, uh, and their social media, which is uh, NCAT. NCATECH.org, or you can email me directly at carl.borlay at dctc.edu, which is C A R L dot B O R L E I S, like Sam, at DCTC, which stands for Dakota County Technical College, dot edu. Great. Well, I'm sure uh, people have a lot of ways to get a hold of you. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, thanks. Uh, and I'm sure the audience will be following your work very closely as, uh, as you move ahead. Um, Chris and Carl, thank you both for being on the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Andrew and Ryan. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having us. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, Ryan, uh, roll the credits. Right away. Okay, here we go. Special thanks to our sponsor, the Sinclair College UAS Training and Certification Center for making this program possible. I think that's the first time I got through that whole entire uh, Sinclair College UAS Training and Certification Center without messing that up. So thank you to them. As always, keep sharing the show and be sure to catch up on previous episodes. And be on the lookout for that special exhibit floor interviews coming from AUVSI's Exponential Conference in our September 2021 episode. So, Andrew, based on what we heard today, what can you say about the future of commercial trucking and fleets? Uh, Well, you know, maybe that the bigger the vehicle, the more autonomy bites. Okay, see everyone at Exponential. Bye-bye.